0: relentless refusing to give up all right hit that horn babe let's dance
1: what is up everybody welcome to the fantasy flex podcast i am your host chris raybon of the action network this is our afc south fantasy preview episode here to break it down with me one of the best rankers in the game sean kerner the odds maker what's going on sean
0: What's up? I uh, had a blast uh, with you, uh, Blink-182, on Saturday night. Um, we, we have to get those out of our system uh, before the NFL season starts. I, I don't know if I could do that most Saturdays in NFL, <laughs> but uh had a blast either way. Yeah, man. We were uh,
1: mosh-pitting it out in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in Blink-182 shows. So, you survived
0: uh, You survived a few songs. It yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was a lot. It was <laughs> a lot, but uh, not. that was dope. And uh, yeah, glad we got to do that. We also got to hang out with our guy, uh, Jason Sobel, so shout out to yep. him. Matthew Treby, shout out to him. But uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna break down every fantasy relevant player in the AFC South. Our NFC and AFC East and North episodes are already up, so check those out right here. Uh, and then our NFC South episode will be out uh, on Friday, so uh, be sure to check out uh, check for all those right here on the Fantasy Flex channel. All right, so let's start it off with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are favored to win the AFC South. And, you know, this is a fantasy podcast and I've been kind of skeptical about the Jags just kind of take, take walk into a repeat of, of the division title. But I will say this. The one thing the Jags have is skill players, which is good for fantasy. So uh yeah. Trevor Lawrence, the QB eight right now. Uh What, what are you thinking with Lawrence uh, in year three now?
0: Yeah, I think. QB8 sounds about right. I mean, he he really flashed the generational talent we knew he had in year two. I think it certainly helped going from the Urban Meyer debacle in his rookie season to a more, you know, competent head coach in Doug Peterson. Um, so it was nice to see him break out last year. Um, and I think it goes without saying he gets an upgrade going from Marvin Jones Jr. to Calvin Ridley um, in the starting three. So Again, I think just given his immense upside, his his sneaky rushing ability, QB8 makes sense. He's just sort of like the Justin Herbert type where his rank is correct, but um you know, after the top 6 are off the board, uh, it makes sense to kind of wait at the position. So he's kind of in that no man's land. I feel like every year QB7 to like QB11 is always is something I shy away from because you can wait and get a guy with similar upside later, you know, take a swing on Anthony Richardson. Uh, But I really like the top six this year. So I kind of want to draft quarterback early, too. So while I love Lawrence and I have him QB8, he's just not where I'd like to draft a quarterback in my drafts.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, that's something we should kind of point out, just bigger picture. Uh, You and I were talking about this, but I think the market has sharpened over the the last few years. So, you know, just kind of blindly going late round quarterback. uh, I don't really see the mm – options really like i don't see the selection of you know there's not as many scrambling quarterbacks that we could just get free weight like that was what, what the strategy was built on i think anthony richardson who will talk about you know is you know he's already creeping up into almost yeah. one <laughs> status and we don't even know if he's necessarily going to start week one so um you know i think drafting a quarterback higher it does make more sense but that being said i do agree i think there are some things with lawrence where um, that are positive, obviously Ridley. Um, I think the defense is still not going to be very good for Jacksonville. Uh, but you know, there's also uh, a lot of things that went very well for last year, like outside of really, no one really missed a game for, for them. So like he had his, yeah. you know, full complement of receivers, ATN, the line was mostly, mostly healthy this year. You know, you're already looking at, uh, uh, suspension for, for Robinson. And, uh, so I, I think overall Lawrence will be fine, but I agree. I think, where he's going I rather wait usually you can get a guy like Deshaun Watson a couple of rounds later and I just yep. think you know Watson has massive upsides great supporting cast as well um obviously the defense should be better in cleveland which does hurt him but overall yeah I just think cuz Lawrence isn't like a full on running quarterback um he does run and he did get I think he got what like 5 6 rushing touchdowns last year if I'm not mistaken but that's another thing that's just going to probably regress to the yeah. mean um you know so yeah he got he had five rushing touchdowns um but he he only averaged 17 yards a game which is not bad for a quarterback uh but you know if that dries up a little bit i think he'll he'll probably finish as a qb1 i wouldn't doubt it but um yeah a little high for my for my liking although he does have that he does have that you know quarter top three upside kind of like a joe burrow season in him where he could throw 40 45 touchdowns so not discounting that but i would still like to wait as you said and and uh and get a quarterback a, a couple rounds later once I'm past that uh that top 6 kind of slam dunk territory. Uh okay. Calvin Ridley's wide receiver 19, Christian Kirk uh is is in the top 30 as well. Uh, what do you think of those two guys uh as Lawrence's top 2 targets?
0: Yeah, so I thought this this was a great landing spot for Calvin Ridley. I mean, he gets paired with a generational talent like Trevor Lawrence who's about to enter his prime. Uh, however, the market the is pretty sharp here. I mean, that really should be, you know, fringe top 20 wide receiver. That's where he's being drafted. Um, and he isn't coming back from a, you know, c- a season long injury uh, that knocked him out last season. He's coming back from, you know, betting on parlays. So he's going to be hmm. fully healthy. There's no concern about health or anything. Um, so he has a ton of upside. I can't fault you taking him at wide, re- wide receiver 20. Uh, but I think Kirk is the better value. You know, he probably won't be the number one receiver with really in the mix, but I think Kirk has always profiled better as sort of a number two wide receiver anyway. You know, he's going to benefit possibly from less attention, maybe easier matchups at times. Uh, He was the wide receiver 11 last year. Uh, This offense can certainly support two top 24 receivers. So I think Kirk at wide receiver 30, I kind of project these guys as the same. So getting the guy that's 10 slots later, I think makes the most sense.
1: Yeah, it's, I think the, the thing about Ridley, I, and I agree. I think you know Ridley has like we've seen his ceiling. It's it's very high. And I heard, I believe he said he played what was it, twenty twenty part of twenty twenty with a broken foot, which makes it even crazier. Oh that he, yeah, he was banged up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know we know his ceiling is massive, but we also you know he hasn't played in a year. He he was a he looked a little shaky even that you know before he got suspended. Um, the last time we've seen him play, and he's 29 now. He's actually the oldest Jack, him and Evan Ingram yeah. are the oldest Jack Scope which is pretty nuts. Because <laughs> I feel like um, Zay
0: Jones has been around for over a decade at this yeah, point.
1: He's, so. he's, yeah, he's he's older than Jamal <laughs> Agnew somehow. I don't, I feel like, I don't know. I, yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, but so I think there are some red flags to where you would say, okay, you know, it makes sense not to just put all your chips in the in the Calvin Ridley basket. Another guy who I I and the reason I don't like I don't I'm not gonna say he's gonna be a bust or anything is because yeah. I I think the ceiling, we've seen it. Uh, but you know, new team, new quarterback, hasn't played in a while. There are red flags, right? So yeah, I I I want some of him at like wide receiver 20, but I'm gonna pass up on him and and just kind of diversify too uh yeah. a good amount because I'm not completely comfortable with it. Whereas Kirk, you know, age 27 should be directly in his prime, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably gonna see the targets go down. Like we said, you know, usually the alpha dog knocks everyone down under him. So that would be Ridley in this case, but there's still an outside shot, right? That that Christian Kirk, you know, like if 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 the red flags would really kind of come true, Christian Kirk mm-hmm. is the one that's gonna benefit the most, right? You know, yep. so uh and, and Evan Ingram, who uh, you know, I guess the question with Ingram is what is what are your what are your thoughts on him, you know, compared to he's tied in nine in ADP, he's been floating around the top 10. How, you know, when you compare him to Friar Muth, Njoku, you know, where are you with, with Ingram compared to those guys? Because I think that's kind of the choice that most people are having to make.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I love Ingram's upside. He He's always had the talent to be a top five tight end. Uh, and he really came on the second half of last season, which makes sense. He was in, you know, on a new team with a new quarterback. So he needed to gain some chemistry, but he was the tight end too from Weeks. 13 through 18. So I'm going to weigh that a little bit heavier heading in this season. And like I mentioned before, he, he certainly passed the visual test. If you watched him during that time frame, he looked like one of the best players out there. So while he's, you know, struggled with consistency in his career, um, tight end eight seems fair, uh, but there is a lot of upside here. I think I would definitely rather have him over Pat Firemouth just because that Steelers offense, I, I don't want to invest in that offense too much. I love Firemouth, but I think, just in terms of offense, i rather have Ingram's upside in it. Um, and I think I'd still take him over Joku. So, like I said, I think tight end eight is about fair. I might even consider him over Waller. Um, you know, I, I just don't know if Waller can get through a full season at this point. Um, but tight end eight does seem fair. Um, I just like taking swings on, you know, Greg Dulcich, uh, Dalton Kincaid a bit later on. So it's kind of a tricky area to be drafting a tight end early. But I think his ADP is fairly priced right now.
1: Yeah, you know, uh last season was 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 great down the stretch for him. Um very talented player, but you know, with Ridley coming in, you know, there's yeah. there's guys that can command targets all over the field. So I think the consistency for Ingram is what I question. Better best ball pick, a lot more comfortable yeah. with him at tight end nine, uh, because you're not having to choose that uh in redraft. I would like to get, you know, a stud or probably wait more often than not. That's generally going to be my strategy. So not over-invested in Ingram. Uh, but, you know, he's, you know, he's playing on a franchise tag, right? So he still should be motivated. And uh, yeah, he, he was, he, it, like, it kind of reminds me, I think you mentioned it, like James Conner a couple of years ago and you just watch him play. Yeah. Like, this dude is just beasted. Like, like, yeah. you know, like, I, I'm not going to be too worried because like the, the the tape doesn't lie. And like this dude, the last two months of the season, especially, he was beasting and you know, new offense change of scenery. It's a cliche. Uh, but in this case, it seems like it it worked um mm-hmm. out for him. Um, Zay Jones is probably the guy, you know, he's going right it right inside the top 60. I think he's the guy I, I would look at as like probably least likely to meet his ADP out of out of his passing mm-hmm. game. Uh, just because I always felt like he's kind of overachieved a little. And now you put a guy like Ridley in there, uh, and you still have Kirk and Evan Ingram was looking like an alpha dog too. Uh, I, I just don't see. How Zay Jones is is also a top sixty wide receiver, uh, you know, it, or it offers that consistency, even if maybe he doesn't miss games and finishes around that, you know, spot. Like I, I just don't think the consistency will be there with him.
0: Yeah, it's he's tricky because I mean he was a second round talent. It took him what seven seasons to finally figure it out. So that does, you know, that's kind of a red flag. You, you kind of want to see early production in receivers, um, and I do think he takes he takes a massive hit. With Ridley entering the equation, but he should still see you know ninety percent route participation rates. Uh, I, I can't imagine uh, you know Jamal Agnew eating in his role at all. And he was the wide receiver twenty six last year, so while his production should drop, maybe it won't drop this much. Uh, but the reason why he does carry some upside is just if Ridley, Kirk, or Ingram go down, like any one of those three, you know he's going to move up in the target pecking order. So he does have some baked in upside. But I agree, when everyone is healthy um he might be outside to my top 60 most weeks but he does have you know some upside in this offense of one of those three go down
1: yeah and I'm glad you mentioned to the snaps because I, I've been thinking about this for projections um yeah mm-hmm. last year it was Kirk and and and, and Zay Jones and especially as the year when I, those two guys were in there almost every snap you know 90 95 percent but Marvin Jones he was around like mid 70s you know 75 you play you know three quarters of the snaps and I think Ridley is obviously going to be your number one. Kirk played so well that I don't know how you keep him off the field. So, I mean, it's possible that Zay Jones – I mean, this could happen to Kirk too, which, you know, it's fair to say because he was kind of a slot receiver. But I-, I think it's possible that, that uh, you know, Zay Jones' snaps go down because you also mm-hmm. drafted Bretton Strange. You still, got, you still got Luke Farrell and, like, all well, you know, you got like – it's like a two tight end kind of team where, you're like, they're going to have usually four yeah. tight ends active and, and they're going to use – uh, a, a good amount of, of um, you know, 2 tight in person. Now, so that is something to kind of keep in mind, which is why another reason I'm just not 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 as high on um on Jones.
0: Yeah, I think I think he's absolutely going to be the odd man out when push comes to shove. I think Marvin Jones, his routes run rate went down last year. It looks like when they were giving Agnew more run <laughs> um, and Tim Jones, so that that's more of an indictment on Marvin Jones. Um, and I just noticed this now, but Zay Jones had a higher target rate on his routes run than yeah, Christian. He last did. Year. What well, the hell okay well <laughs> yeah no no really? I like I
1: said like really I they, there's yeah. things about Kirk to also like there's red flags about all 3 but at the same time there's enough upside so like I get yes. it but <laughs> when I look at it, like when I see everyone healthy especially the way Ingram played and the fact that you got ETN there and you know like I just I don't see enough for Joe, like for them to support you know a top right. 10 tight end and then three top 60 receivers especially if you have two in the top 30 um, so that, that's just how I'm looking at it, but yeah, then, you know, they still got Agnew still there. I think Jones is still there. They got a, who is it? Uh, Parker Washington, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, there's, there's some, it should be interesting, but yeah, Deidre is not a guy I'm invested too heavily. in. what about Etienne? Um, he's RB 13, two years removed now from the Liz Frank injury. Yeah. Uh, the thing for me was a little concerning, you know, it could be nothing, but, only converted four of his 23 carries inside the 10 hmm. for touchdowns which yep. i wonder if that you know they, they started using hasty a little bit more like not just on third downs and they drafted Bigsby. so uh um, what, what are your thoughts on etn and his role moving forward is he going to be that like 85 percent snap guy that he was like right after robinson left or is he because then as the season progressed he, he had 10 games with 55 or less snaps like when it was all said and done yep. um so what are your how are you what's your outlook on, on etn <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, I mean, he flashes his upside last year, which was technically his rookie season. Um, and he he really was the workhorse back after they got rid of James Robinson um, in week seven. So week seven on, ETN was RB15. Um, so his ADP looks about right, but I would just urge caution with him. Uh, you know, for being a talented pass catching back, he wasn't used as often as I would have liked. Uh, you know, he he averaged around a 55% routes run rate, 14% target rate, which is not good. Um, and like you just mentioned, they drafted a talented back in third rounder Tank Bigsby. Um, and Bigsby, he profiles as an early down back, like he he should not eat into ETN's passing down work at all. Um, so I, I think ETN will still be heavily used in passing downs, but that wasn't um, you know the value he's providing last year. So uh, and Doug Peterson is no stranger to using frustrating running back Mm -hmm, committees, mm -hmm. just look at the Eagles. So um, there's a lot of red flags for ETN and he had a 5.1 yards per attempt last year, but according to my yards expected model, it should have been closer to 4.6. So I think he's not a guy that we could be projecting like, you know, Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb around five yards of carry. So he's going to see a dip there, I think. And like you mentioned, he only scored three touchdowns on 13 rush attempts inside the five. That could either mean one of two things. Like he's either due for some positive touchdown regression And he'll continue seeing those and I'd be interested in him or the fact that they drafted a guy like tanks Bigby means he might concede goal line carries to Bigsby this year, which is another red flag. So um, I'm out on ETN uh, at RB 13 just because I think Bigsby is going to be taking away uh, some of those key carries and Bigsby. I'll just talk about Bigsby too. Uh, He kind of reminds me of like a Josh Jacobs, like mainly a Chris Carson type of guy. He's a really hard runner. So it do, does make sense for him to eat into ETN's early down work and possibly near the goal line. So that's, that's kind of why I'm staying away from ETN uh, is like a fringe RB one right now. I I just can't bring myself to take him there. Yeah,
1: that that's fair. Like I, I we've talked about this on other pods, but they're just guys going with a weight. Like I, you know, Joe Mixon is a guy who's going with yeah. a waiter that I think has kind of the same range of outcomes. If not higher floor and ceiling than a guy like, uh, uh etn um very talented but as you mentioned i agree i think there's there's is some history there with peterson kind of mixing it up with the committee you know peterson's first year last year so you know now maybe you got the offense a little more um kind of how you want it and, and you didn't really have yeah. an option last year because I mean james robinson's obviously his knees are just blown like now that we've mm-hmm. seen him get released from the, already we we kind of know you know it wasn't just to get etn like 90% snaps right. last year. It was <laughs> like this, they just couldn't go forward with Robinson. But remember, Jamichael Jam- Hasty's still on the uh still on the roster and he got quite a bit of burn last yeah. year. So there like there is some competition. And you know, even Bixby, I think, you know, I loved him as a sleeper early in the offseason. He was in like this art in the 60s. I was like, all right, now he's like almost fairly priced at 51. I mean you know, like, because, like, he could open the year as a third back, even a four-string back. I mean, you got – they signed Dearness Johnson to a, to a contract. He might, you know, he might make the team play <laughs> special teams. Like, I always look yeah. out for that because, like, you know, sometimes, you know, you have three active backs and there's going to be an odd man out. So, I'm still kind of watching this situation now. But I do like the upside of Bigsby. It's just there are other guys that also could kind of complicate this situation as of, as of now.
0: Yeah, where Bigsby goes, you know – that's kind of all the running backs in that range kind of need the starter to go down Mm -hmm. uh, to have value, but there's a potential there for him to carve out a James Robinson type role. Um, And there's just not that many guys in that range. I can, you know, say that about. Yeah. So he does. I I think he does carry a decent floor ceiling combo on that range, but like you said, he used to be in the sixties, right? So the market's just getting sharper. I think, you know, I'd probably be out if he gets into the forties, but again, in this range, you have, Kenny Gangwell, there, like, I'm never going to take him <laughs> in front yeah. of Tank speed. So it, it just depends what you're you're trying to achieve, but I still think he's a value in the early 50s. Yeah.
1: I mean, fair. You know, it, it's just like, it's just one of those things where you kind of got to monitor because, like, there's going to, like, what I'm yeah. saying is right now, there's quite a few guys I see in that range that are like going to open ears like the RB3 on your yeah. team, which is just not what I want to be taking. Like, I, I still would prefer to take, like, you know, an RB2 on a team. Right. Um, Just, This makes more sense. Um, but yeah. All right. So Jacksonville, uh, to recap, who do you like, uh, sleepers values, uh, on Jags?
0: I would say tank V and, uh, you know, Christian Kirk going 10 spots later than Ridley, Mm -hmm. uh, make the most sense, uh, you know, to target on this team. I think they're the ones offering the most value right now.
1: Yeah. I I, I see that. Um, yeah, I don't like, I I think everyone's pretty fairly valued actually, um, for Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Um, for for bust for me or guys overvalued guys it's Zay Jones. I just think I, I just
0: don't see him top sixty if if everyone's fairly healthy. Uh, what about you? Uh, I got to go with Etn. Uh, I'm only a couple ranks off, so it's not like I would never take this guy ever, but he just has a lower floor. Yeah. than other guys in this range because of all the reasons you know we laid out.
1: Yeah, and a couple of ranks could be all the difference because with yeah. every ra- you know with every you know rank you're off that floor gets wide yep. like the the range of the potential to hit that floor gets uh you know increases all right let's go to the titans Tannehill's qb32 will levis is qb34 the the second rounder out of kentucky Malik willis is apparently ahead of levis on the depth chart (laughs) remember now now Uh, there are some changes we should talk about with the titans john robinson's gone the former gm uh apparently in like it was like a power struggle between him and variable so he's gone now and also tim kelly uh, uh, comes replaces he gets promoted to, and replaces Todd Downing at offensive coordinator so you know Kelly's familiar with Vrabel from their Houston days they you know so they're that should be kind of a continuation but it just seems like things are going to be a little more the way Vrabel wants this year so I don't know is that has it kind of an affected we know what Tennessee wants to do they want to run a ball Derrick Henry play action. yeah but has this kind of anything uh kind of affected your projections and, and what's your outlook on on just this quarterback situation, because I've been very vocal. and say, I don't think the Titans are tanking. I don't think uh-huh. Levis is overtaking Tannehill. And it kind of confirms it with Willis even getting that nod at, at, at QB2 because they, they, they benched it for Josh Dobbs last year. So like, I don't know what, if that, you know, the, the fact that Downing's gone, the fact that robinson has gone, the fact that we know there's a power struggle, I am kind of prepared to just like see, like, okay, something's going to be different. You know, I'm not just going to kind of copy and paste what they did last year. So I'm kind of curious as to right. your outlook on, on 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 this offense for, for 2023.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you where they're not going to try to tank. Like, they're going to be good enough to win a handful of games. So I don't see a scenario really where they're, you know, they're just benching Tannehill because they're, you know, one and nine and Levis is going to take over. So I think, you know, I'm projecting Tannehill – Around 15 games. Mm-hmm. I'm just being safe there, but I don't think he's going to get yanked halfway through the season. Uh, I don't think Levis is good enough to 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 warrant that, especially nope. as a rookie. So I'm still like, <laughs> I, I I probably will not go out of my way to draft Tannehill. But if he's there at QB 32, I would absolutely consider it because all those guys in that range, you, you can't say you know for certainty that they're going to start 16 games. Um, so I think Tannehill might be the safer bet um, but the thing with Tannehill is he just doesn't offer the same rushing upside anymore uh, he only ran for more than 20 yards once last season so he's already in a run heavy offense with not many weapons in the passing game um, so he he just has a lower floor than usual this season and to be honest there there is a chance obviously he does get benched yeah. for Levis at some point so he's not like a sexy pick in this range but you know, if you if you want a safer QB three option, maybe stack him with Burks or Concu. You know that makes sense. Um, But I, I think QB thirty two is still a little bit low. I think people are a little too bullish on Levis, like starting games uh before week thirteen. I, I just don't see it happening.
1: Yeah, a little bit of a shiny new toy thing. uh yeah. I, I've been vocal. I I I already have a future on you took their, the
0: division. Yeah, to yeah. win the division, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: you know, obviously, if they do get uh, Hopkins, which, you know, not completely out of the question, but I think New England looks like the favorite now. Um, you know, that, that's obviously a plus, but the fact that they're even looking for a receiver like that um, is good. Cause I think that's obviously the weakness in this Tennessee offense, you know, outside of Traylon Burks, they're kind of short on receivers, but yeah, I agree. I think Tannehill is a value at 32. I don't think he gets benched, you know, he, even last year, I mean, 7.8 yards in attempt. That was, that was right. You know, that's, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, 12 yards of completion. Pretty good, sixty-five percent completion, pretty good, and and all right on his numbers, you know, generally that he's been putting up yeah. with Tennessee. So, um, and also the rushing thing, I remember. So I was betting a lot of Tannehill unders rushing last year. Um, that might be a downing thing. So there's there actually is okay. some upside to, Like I said, like there's something was going on with Vrabel and his coaches and his GM and like just the way they were building that offense. And I think Vrabel kind of, you know, that was the reason they went from seven and three. To out of the playoffs was the offense you know the defense you still got Jeffrey Simmons you still got a lot of ballers on that defense so yeah. I think Ray was kind of taking more control of that so that's why I said I wouldn't just copy paste I wouldn't just assume that because Tannehill right. stopped running that he's he might actually run more so yeah I like the upside I like the ceiling floor combo with Tannehill at 32 because it's mm-hmm. no floor um the receivers I mean Traylon Burks go up to wide receiver 36 I, I think he's a year two week candidate uh last six games he had uh, you know, four plus catches, 66 plus yards uh in half of them. And, and one of them he was hurt. So really last three out of five, he, he did that. So I um, mean, he was kind of putting up those, you know, number one wide receiver, you know, target numbers late in the year. Um, now obviously the fact that they're Courtney Hopkins isn't great, uh, but you know, how are you kind of ranking Burks, you know, given all the the circumstances?
0: Yeah, no, I I like him in this range, you know, even though the Titans will be a run heavy team again, um, you know, he he offers a really high floor just because he should be the number one target in this offense. And he also carries a nice ceiling. We just we just saw him flash at times last year. He wasn't able to stay healthy. But, you know, from what I saw, he he matches the film I saw in college. So I think in this range, like absolutely take a shot at him. I'd rather have him than Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's going yes. right around there. He's going to be the number three target yep. in his offense. So that, in this range, you still need a high floor because when you're in the top 40, you're, you're probably drafting your wide receiver three. You're starting to fill out your bench. Um, so I do still value floor. Um, and Burks just has a good uh, floor-ceiling combo. So yeah, I, I love the upside getting him here. And it would make sense in, if you're in best ball. Hill doesn't offer that high of a ceiling, but stacking him with Burks obviously makes a ton of sense.
1: Yeah. Burks would be a massive target. Like there's, you know, probably not raw targets, but in target share for this team, Burks could be near the top of the league. And that's, that's always a positive. Cause even if, even if you're not getting like, even if you're not on a passing team, just being, you know, like a 25, 30% yeah. week in week out guy, you're going to be consistent. Uh, and that's kind of what we saw down the stretch a little bit from Burks. So yeah, I like Burks um, obviously, the one caveat, Hopkins, you know, that would be oh, a yeah. big dent.
0: But, <laughs> Dude, you know,
1: shit. the fact that he had the meeting and they, now it seems like New England, it, it, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't go there. I'm, I'm not as concerned as like like a Dalvin Cook going to like Miami or something like that, but it's something to keep in mind. But, yeah, I, I think Burks, either way, major breakout candidate, Um, could take a big step forward, a lot better from what I hear, a lot better offseason than last, which is nice. hard, but that's, that's great for him. Kyle Phillips and Westbrook-Akine going outside the top 100. Well, so probably is the slot either way, right? Like Yeah. Probably. So, I mean, there's – in a in a deep, deep PBR league, there's probably some upside there because, I mean, he, he had like one game and he caught a, over – caught a half dozen passes, I believe. Or no, I think it was nine passes, right? Six uh, for this, 66 oh, not, yeah, and like nine targets or something. Yeah, so he yeah. was heavily involved as a slot guy. Um, I don't know how much slot they're going to use, but they did say that one of the changes they want to make to the offense is have guys that can like – play on more downs and not tip runner pass. So maybe they do go with some more three wide sets. Who knows? Um, but I think Phillips, you know, kind of monitoring him uh, in deep, deep PPR. But uh, I know the guy we both love is uh Chiga Congo at tight end yep. up to tight end 12. I don't mind it. 26% target per That's route true. last year. Um, 2.6 yards per route run on only on, on 32% of the route. So Obviously, you're can expect some regression in the efficiency as the, the the usage goes up. but he had all the underlying metrics that we look for. and I think like if there's anyone that could turn into like a Goddard level or better mm-hmm. this year, it's him.
0: yeah, absolutely. And you know, he came on late in his rookie season. um and there was really just a three week sweet spot where he's you know he saw his routes run rate hover around fifty five percent. I think it could be higher this year. and yep. he was tight end two over that stretch. Uh, So the only thing holding him back last season was his playing time. And that shouldn't be an issue this year with Austin Hooper gone. Um, So I am projecting him to get, you know, 60 to 70% routes run rate, Mm -hmm. maybe higher. I mean, God, if he, if he can get up to like 90%, you know, his top five upside. So I'm being cautious around 60% and he's still my tight end 10 there. So I think um, that that's right about where his median would be. So, well, the ADP has crept up. I think 12 is the highest it's been. I think at one point he was just outside the top 15. Um, either way, the market's sharpening up, but I still like him here. I, I think he should be inside the top 10. And like you said, he does have gotter, you know, top five kind of upside.
1: Yeah, I, I think when I think about him, I think two guys. I think that, that one John Smith year a couple of years ago, I think it was 2020, oh, yeah. where Jonu, you know, put up a top 10 season. And then I also think about Delaney Walker and, and how – you know, DeWalker was another really explosive guy that could, you know, take house a touchdown. And he was getting, you know, 70, 80% routes in his heyday with the Titans. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, from what I'm hearing about the changes to the offense, one thing they are saying is we want guys that are not, you know, going to tip off our play calls. And so, you know, they got, Hooper was like kind of a pass only guy. Like he wasn't really going to block. Um, and then they had, you know, Jeff Swain, who was really not going to catch. So like, it seems like Okonkwo has a good chance to play like true every down snaps, you know, and that would get, yeah, I would put him 70, 80% routes run uh, just massive ups. I mean, you know, if he plays 80% into the eighties plus like oh, 26%, 26% <laughs> so yeah. targets per route, there's a chance he could finish as the number one target on the team, even over Burks, you know, uh, yeah. so some variance there. So um, yeah, I love him. He he's a guy I, I encourage people dynasty, acquire him. Uh, best Mm -hmm. ball draft him now. I think the price, the the price of the Oconquo brick is only going to go up. So uh, the running back situation, Derrick Henry, I feel like Derrick Henry's kind of getting disrespected. Like, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) it's like, yeah, obviously you want to get ahead of the decline. He's going to be 29 entering year eight. Uh, But like you have to like, there's nothing from watching Derrick Henry play or looking at his numbers, like still going strong, you know? So, yes, he could just get injured and like, you miss a ton of games, but I don't think he's going to suddenly fall off a cliff. And I actually think the O-line is going to be better. So, you know, running back six, I- I'll take him all day. And he's usually going, you know, running back six, but like into the second round as well. in a lot of drafts. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on Derrick Henry. Um, what about you?
0: Yeah. I think tight end six sounds about right, but running, this, back, this... running back. You're, thinking, oh, you're still oh, thinking okay, of Okonkwo, sorry, Freddie and Swift. Yeah. I was at t- <laughs> yeah running back six um, sounds about right. You know, He is going to be 29 years old, and he's seen such massive volume. This is about when I said he should start to decline. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the workload should still be there. He still has, you know, double-digit touchdown upside. Uh, It was nice seeing that uptick in um, receiving usage last season. Um, However, I think rookie uh, Tajay Spears should eat into that. Um, And the Titans still have one of the worst offensive lines. So, I mean, Henry's going to have to earn – his yards, uh, and he's probably going to have fewer game scripts. It, you know, I don't think the Titans are going to tank, but their their win total is at seven and a half, so he might see less positive game scripts. So th- there there is some concerns there. But at the end of the day, just based on sheer sure volume, I still have him as uh, my RB6. Yeah,
1: like I, I just don't see, like the floor, like, yeah, he, he could get injured like all running bucks can, but I, I actually yeah. don't think Spears is going to eat into it at all. I think they're giving this guy 20-plus carries as long as they can give him 20 plus carries and everything else is going to fall behind now. Like I think Spears was cause again, like the GM is gone. Robinson's gone. And I, uh, you know, he drafted Haskins last year. Haskins, nothing really came of Haskins. I, I just think that was kind of a Haskins replacement. So like Spears is going 55 Haskins is going 87. I think that's more or less correct. Um, uh, Spears doesn't have like, I think he doesn't have an ACL in one of his knees or something, but yes. he, seemed, he seemed to yeah. produce pretty well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, So I think he'll get a shot, but that's obviously something to monitor. You always want that, that Henry handcuff. If you can get, if there's like one. Um, So that, that, that's a battle to monitor, but yeah, I think Spears is winning that, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as worried about Henry yet. Um, He'll probably take a a step back in efficiency this year and then next year will probably be lowered. But as far as I see, like, I I just don't see him like he's not like overvalued in my opinion. Like he's properly.
0: properly Yeah. You're you're absolutely right. And just, in terms of backups, uh, I think Haskins is more of the the Henry backup, and Ta- Taj Spears is like the Dontrell Hillier replacement. I do think he could get some passing down work right away. Mm-hmm. Um, he he reminds me of Michael Carter actually, uh, and they took him in the third round. Like like you said, he um he suffered a couple ACL tears, some cartilage loss. He has arthritis in one of his knees. They removed his ACL, or yeah. it's like gone. So, he's not, it's unlikely he's going to have a long career. So, if they took him in the third round, they probably want to use him in the the first few seasons. Like they they probably knew that going in. So, I think he will, um, you know, see a lot of passing down work specifically year one. I don't see him, you know, eating into Henry's early down work, but it's the passing down work. I think Spears is likely to take over.
1: So, yeah, what's who do we like undervalued on the Titans, Sleepers?
0: Uh, Chig. I gotta yeah, go, Chig. Yeah. Even it's though tough. he's tight end twelve, I mean the value is almost yeah. gone. But still, he should be in the top ten.
1: Yeah, I like I said, I think he's the only guy that has like that upside that could match like a a Goddard or you know any of those guys going to the top six. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I don't, I'm fine taking him anywhere really outside of there. and You can still get him after you know that like Nijoku and Ingram yeah. tier. So yeah, love Chig. That's 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 my guy. Um, and what about for uh, for Bus?
0: Uh, no one really. <laughs> I mean. Danny Hill at QB 32, well, that's the least sexy pick possible. Uh, I think that's a great value. Uh, they're starting slot receiver and starting outside receiver. You can get them outside of the top 100 mm-hmm. uh, at wide receiver. So I don't see anybody that's, like, overvalued. So I, no one's a bust in this team. Not, that, not saying you should invest heavily in this team, uh, but, yeah, like everybody seems fairly priced or undervalued.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, Tannehill's is another guy forgotten in, in in terms of sleepers. But yeah, yeah. I think Tannehill's undervalued. I think Will Evans is overvalued. QB thirty four. We're just acting oh. like he's gonna yeah, like, split, like start eight games. He's he's behind Malik Willis right now. Like, give me a break. Like, yeah, this guy's true. not you know this he's not like the second coming of Joe Montana or anything. You
0: know, <laughs> exactly, Will Evans. Uh,
1: but let's let's go to a, a team with an exciting quarterback, and that's Anthony Richardson for the Colts. QB fourteen. Um, Jane Steichen, was the OC uh was the OC in Philly, developed Jalen Hurts. Uh he's the head coach now. You got Jim Bob Cooter, our old friend. Uh he's back at OC. He former, you know, did did some work with Stafford on the Lions. But uh yeah, I mean Richardson gotta love a a rookie with with a strong arm and, and some scrambling a lot of scrambling ability, right?
0: Yeah. So wait, his his is up to 14 now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No Damn discounts. No discounts. Oh man, yeah, it's it's getting up there. Um, you know, I, I love the landing spot. Um, you know, Shane Steichen recently helped uh, you know, develop Jalen Hurts. And that's kind of the upside I see in Anthony Richardson. I mean, he's just an absolute freak. Uh and he he probably gonna need some time to develop as a passer at the NFL level, but that just means he might lean on his legs even more on day one, similar to what we saw. You know Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts earlier in his career. Yep. So the only downside really is he might not be the Week One starter. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't have to be at this ADP. I mean, he has. If we're being honest, he has top six upside even as a rookie. I would say top ten upside is more fair. So I would still take him there because I, I don't think this is going to be a Trey Lance situation where Gardner Minshew just ends up starting all season like Jimmy G, D, Jimmy G did for Lance's rookie season. Um, so I like the de- idea of taking him in best ball. You know, the first few weeks, if he puts up a zero, it won't kill you. Um, you can get him pretty cheap there still. So I-, I love taking him still at this price. I think once he gets a QB twelve, I might shy away. But uh, I think the upside's certainly there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like that's the only thing you know. In in best ball, it's a little more of a risk because you might not. You know, you might be. He be- might be better for like your three quarterback teams if you're going to do that kind of build in a best right. ball, just yeah. because. You kind of mitigate some of that risk of, of, of him not starting early. Of course, if you if you also have like another stud, that's also fine. But yeah, either way, I think that's that's the only downside. You gotta love a quarterback that can essentially put up Jalen Hurts numbers. Like it's not gonna yeah. happen yet. What most likely will happen, it you know something closer to like what just like Justin Fields did on average in his first two years. Like probably not as bad as Fields' first year, but yeah there's a second but the upside is just so high and we've we've talked about this the weight round quarterback you know outside that top 10 it's not really there the way it was in years past you know Mm -hmm. i mean we're excited about like jared goff to be 15 and geno smith so like those guys (laughs) don't run so yeah the price is a little rich and probably you know given the outcome for range of outcome for games played probably a little overpriced but when you factor in the upside uh, especially at this position where a lot of people start one quarterback. It's just so the upside of hit of him hitting, you know, hitting on him right away is just so high that, uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. you just take your shots with him and, and figure out, you know, whether it's streaming, whether it's drafting another quarterback in best ball, figure out how to get around it. If he's, you know, not in the lineup early on in a year uh, Michael Pittman going around wide receiver 24, Alec Pierce at wide receiver 66. They drafted Josh Downs out of North Carolina. He's at 83. And then Isaiah McKenzie, who they signed to uh, a one-year, $1.2 million contract, but only 400 k guaranteed, which tells me that mm. Downs could take over sooner than later um, for McKenzie. Uh, probably a starting slot, though. But uh, I I, I like Pierce out of – I think Pierce, you know, I, I again, I always think these year-two breakout guys, a little bit undervalued, uh and and just the the more vertical offense you know with Richardson I think uh could could help Pierce so I think he's the the guy that sticks out value-wise to me uh what about you among these wide receivers
0: yeah absolutely If, if I'm making a Anthony Richardson stack I think Pierce makes the most sense where he's going I think Pittman is a little rich at wide receiver 24 obviously I love the talent uh he was the wide receiver 23 last year despite the QB situation for the Colts being a disaster um and like i said richardson's a pretty raw uh talent as a passer um so he's gonna lean on his legs a ton so that that's gonna probably ding Pittman a, a bit i also don't think there's gonna be as many passing touchdowns to go around uh Pittman will certainly help unlock anthony richardson's upside but I, I don't think i'm taking Pittman in the top 24 so i think it does make sense to take a guy like pierce who will be a mainstay in the starting lineup uh closer to wide receiver 65 so love that for stacks
1: yeah, uh, totally agree on Pittman. I even heard a quote from the Bower, the GM. They are like, you know, is, is Pittman like a number one guy that's going to like score a touchdown every time he gets the ball? Like, no, but he's still a great receiver. So, you know, he kind of, he almost <laughs> kind of sounded like he, he would rather have Pittman as like a long-term number two, which, you know, probably does make some sense. I mean, he's a he's great receiver, but um, not necessarily the most
0: explosive guy. Well, Technically, I don't think any receiver is going to be scoring a touchdown every time they touch the ball. So that's, yeah, that's a mean, pretty high bar to set.
1: Yeah. I mean, but Pittman <laughs> has had his struggles with touchdowns throughout his career. Uh, yeah, which just is a, weird. A, just 11 on uh, 331 targets. So it um, hasn't been a touchdown guy. But, uh, yeah, like Pierce. Uh, tight end. Uh, a lot of tight ends here. You got like Farrell Brown got signed, and they drafted uh, Mallory and uh, – you know, still got Branson here, still got Cox here, but I think Jelani Woods sticks out, um, you know, last uh, week nine on, he had uh, a 24% target per route rate and two yards per route run. Uh, and that was up from just a 9% for his first eight weeks, 9% targets per route and, uh, and a 0.9 yard per route run. So he really kind of broke out uh, in the second half and, you know, headed into year two, he's clearly the most talented tight end. He's going at TE 31, So there's not really much downside. I do think he starts again. And uh, I think he has, he has some upside to be, to be pretty productive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it wouldn't be a Colts team if they didn't have seven tight ends in the shuffle, but I think Woods, I think we're going to finally see a true number one emerge. Um, You know, I love loved Woods heading into his rookie season. I think my comp for him was Jared Cook Mm -hmm. Um, and he definitely flashed that kind of upside uh, as a rookie. Uh, I think he's the best of the group. Uh, like you said, tight end 31 is the time to take a flare, flare on a guy like this. Um, if, if they tailor this around the Eagles offense, you know, that's been great for tight ends. Yep. So love that. Um, so, yeah, I think even though this is always usually pretty murky, uh, you know, Kylan Granson could make some noise. Molly Mo- Mo- Cox obviously is a red zone threat. I think, uh, you know, taking a chance on Woods of being a potential, you know, top 15 tight end uh, makes sense in this range.
1: Yeah, I mean, Granson actually may be competing for a roster spot with uh, Mallory, the guy they drafted. So uh, yeah, he's not even a lot yeah. to make the roster. And then uh, Tox, they were actively trying to trade him. And then they brought in Farrell Brown, who actually is not even that old. I feel like Farrell Brown's been in the league for, like, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, he's actually, exactly. he's like I think he's still <laughs> under 32. So, like, there's yeah. a chance they go into the year with, like, Woods, Mallory, and... And brown,
0: you yeah, and
1: yeah. you know. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really worried about the vets.
0: On, I guess, no, the- yeah. And to be clear, I, I'm not worried about grants so I never thought, um, you know, he was that talented. He was a fourth round pick, but yeah. you know, they, they wanted to make him happen. I think it was a couple of years ago's rookie season, but I, he's not even close to being as talented as Jelani Woods. So I think just this is the, the year. I think the talent prevails, and we could see Woods as a you know 65 routes run tight end. Which was plenty for him,
1: or higher. I mean, look at like Steichen's offense with Goddard. Goddard like finally yeah. got his eighty five percent that we were like hoping for for like five yeah. six years. So yeah, you know, finally. There's, there's some upside there with, with yeah. Woods and Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, RB five. he's the guy. I think you mentioned that you had there were a couple of guys you had over Taylor. I think it was Barkley and somebody else. Um, and, and yeah, I kind of agree with you. You know, I, I think Taylor is a little bit. We can't just assume he's going to go back to that Frank Reich like massive workload work. because he even kind of hinted at, he said, Hey, you know, like there, it's going to be like a little bit of a less is more approach this year with me. Like I got to be more efficient. Uh, but it, sa- it kind of sounded like they weren't going to just, you know, give him like 20 carries and keep him on the field like 90% of the time. <laughs> and, and you look at Steichen and, you know, who, who was kind of barking this offseason that, hey, you know, I didn't really get as much work as I felt I should despite performing well, Miles Sanders. And, uh, you could see Taylor in a Miles Sanders-like role, where he still gets a lot of carries on good game scripts, but you know, not as much, quite as much passing work. And uh, after a year, which he was kind of in and out of lineup a little bit, that, they're probably looking toward that. So I don't want to say Taylor's going to be a bust, but I don't. I'm just not expecting what we saw when he was like the overall RB one. I don't think right. that's going to be the. I don't think that's the intent with him this year. What about you?
0: Yeah, no, so I I'm in line with his ADP here. I to be clear, I've Saquon number 3. Mm-hmm. Then I think it's a toss up between Taylor and Bijan Robinson. Um and yeah, I kind of take your point with Taylor. Um you know, injuries kind of derailed last season for him, but he was RB25 in points per game, which is not great. Uh but he's too talented not not to bounce back and he's also been durable. I think before last season he had never missed a practice or a game at any level. So I don't think he's going to be some injury risk going forward. Not more than any other back. So I think he'll bounce back. Uh, Plus, the Colts offensive line had a really rough twenty twenty two. They should bounce back uh, this season. And I think having a rushing quarterback like Richardson probably won't hurt JT too much. Um, You know, defenses won't be able to you know stack the box for JT specifically. And he's never really leaned on receiving work much anyway. So I don't think he's gonna get dinged too much. So I think running back five seems fair. I really think it comes down to like, do you want to take him or the upside and Bijan Robinson? Um, year one. So I, I like I think I'm fine with RB five, but like you said, I'm not falling over myself to take him there. I actually
1: think go uh Derek Henry going after him is egregious.
0: I, I think oh so you you would have Henry four or five.
1: Uh I would have Henry, yeah, I would have Henry ahead of Bijan too. Uh, but I would have Before. Bijan ahead of yeah, yeah, because yeah, because like again with Terry, like the new offense, we're not sure what's going on. They're hinting at using him less. It, they might not score a lot of touchdowns. His his passing game usually should probably be at an all-time low because even though Ward is gone, I mean, uh not Ward, what's the name? Naeem Hines. Let's think of Hines word. Naeem okay. Hines, Naeem <laughs> Hines is gone. Yeah. Um, like you've you mentioned this so many times. These, these scrambling quarterbacks are just aren't. Out here, checking to the backs, you know. So yeah. I'm sure he'll get his screen, you know, like a design screen to get him loose, probably once a game. But um, yeah, I, I just I think Taylor's. I just don't like like you know. So people are down on guys like Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon, and I just I actually don't see that much difference between those guys and Taylor. That's all, you know. Whereas I, with yeah. Derrick Henry, I'm pretty positive that given full like given full health, he's gonna get 20 carries a game. I I can't say that with, with Taylor, who is, you know, he went from 19 right. and a half two years ago to 17 and a half last year. Um and, and we could that could fall again. So yeah. Um yeah, it's that that's I'm, I'm a little worried about him. You know, Moss, Evan Hull, the rookie, one of those guys probably back him up. We've got just got to watch uh watch the camp battle for that. But uh yeah, sleepers, um undervalued guys. I think Richardson still just for the upside. Pierce, uh and and woods for me how about you
0: yeah i I gotta go with uh richardson and woods as well
1: uh and then for for busts i mean i would say for me taylor is is a little like i don't think he's gonna flat out busts but i i don't think he's worth like the rb four or five Uh, Mm. i think he's gonna be a little more of a normal like mid-range low-end rb one even maybe even fall into rb two depending who else kind of breaks out what about you
0: Uh, I got to go with Michael Pittman. Um, I just see him as a solid wide receiver three. Um, You know, if I'm stacking Richardson, it's going to be with either Pierce or Woods. Um, Mm -hmm. I think either way, you know, Pittman's going to have a good season, but he just has a lower floor than normal uh, with Richardson possibly starting, you know, 15 plus games.
1: Yeah. Like I'd rather invest in Richardson than than the coach number one receiver. Okay. Texans. C.J. Stroud, what, what are your thoughts on kind of this kind of overhaul? Uh, for me, I, I think what I see, you know, D'Amico Ryan's head coach, Bobby Slowick, O.C., Stroud drafted uh, second overall. I'm looking at this roster, and I, I think people are going to be surprised about the Texans this year. I think it'll going to be very competitive. This is not a tanking team anymore. They they traded, you know, their uh, first round to Arizona next year. They essentially have no incentive to tank, and they That's added right. a lot more veterans, like – just around the roster to make them competitive that they hadn't been doing in years past. Like, you know, they got like a Jimmy Ward and um, a Robert Woods and just guys who, you know, you don't add if you're just straight up trying to tank. Like, um, so I I think the Texans will be better than people think, but but how are you kind of looking at them?
0: Yeah. And are are they still in the running with uh, DeAndre Hopkins at all? I knew they were in the top three.
1: Yeah, I think, like I said, I think that was more just because of the, like, the, uh, just like the Browns, where it's like the connection with Watson, it's like the, just the reunited thing, perhaps. Um, I'm not as worried, but I also not really, don't really, like, it's not, I'm not running out to draft any of these receivers. I guess the only person it would be good for would be like Stroud. Stroud, yeah. Um, and and I should mention, uh, you know, Davis Mills is still here. Um, they signed Case Keenum. So, like, if Stroud isn't, Stroud's another guy might, might not start, probably will start week one, but might not. But yeah. uh, what, are you, what are your, just, what are I, your thoughts on Shroud? Just, yeah,
0: just yeah. yeah, I think he should be the – I think he will be the week one starter. But like you said, there, there is some competition there. They want him to earn it, obviously.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And he's athletic, but he's he's more of a true pocket passer. Yeah. Uh, so his ceiling might not be as high as – well, certainly not as high as Anthony Richardson, but might not be as high as Bryce Young either, year one anyway. But he could develop – I mean, he's a really good pocket passer. He could be more of a Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill type, um, where he'll he'll pick up yards with his legs when needed, but, you know, that's not the reason you draft him. Um, so it, it's unlikely you're – like, I have him a couple slots lower than QB 25. I think that's his AAP right now. Uh, I just think it's unlikely year one he's going to post, like, high-end QB 2 numbers, um, especially since, you know, they upgraded the supported cast, but it's still kind of lacking. Um, and again, he doesn't have that rushing upside that he really likes to tap into. He's even said himself that yeah. running the ball isn't his job. So he wants to stay in the pocket, throw it as much as possible. So that I think that just hurts his uh, upside in year one. Uh, you know, some of these other rookie quarterbacks can pick up yards with their legs and make up for that. But uh, I think he's just going to throw himself in the fire and hang in the pocket.
1: Any of these wide receivers uh, interest you? you got Nico Collins at wide receiver 62. John Mechie, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, making a recovery from the the cancer diagnosis. Like he's going to play this year, um, which was a second round pick last year. Then you got Robert Woods signed for two years, 15 mil, uh, about 10 mil guaranteed. So he's obviously going to probably start the year as the number one wide receiver. Uh, And then they also drafted Tank Dell, kind of a gadget guy uh, out of Houston in the third round. and, And they signed Dalton Schultz for a one year deal, six mil guaranteed to kind of a approve it deal for him. Um, you know, any, any of these pass catchers interest you?
0: I would say out of all these guys, Nico Collins is still my guy. You know, I've been pretty high on him his first two seasons. And while he hasn't really, you know, broken through, he's entering year three. Um, you know, he's 24 years old, so I wouldn't write him off quite yet. And he seems like the favorite, honestly, to be the number one target in this offense, maybe between him and Dalton Schultz Um that's that's saying more about the state of the Texans than Collins himself. But I still think, you know, he's underrated. He's flashes upside at times. So it could really all come together this year and you can get him at a pretty good deal at wide receiver 62 in that range. Um, so I think he's worth a flyer. He has, you know, touchdown upside. So he has everything you'd want in a sleeper pick. Um, so I think out of all these guys, it'd be him. John Mitchie, like you said, like, it's a great story. He's returning. Um, I've always considered him to be like a solid number two type receiver, like a Russell gauge type. Um, so I don't think his ceilings that high, but there's certainly a chance he's, you know, the number two target in this offense. So I'll, I'll take some flyers of him. Um, I'm off Robert Woods. Um, I, I just don't think the ceilings there. Uh, I think he could provide, you know, reliable target for Stroud early on, but that's all you're going to get out of woods. Uh, and then tank Dell, the rookie. I'm not too high on him either. He's like a uh, three inches shorter, 10 pounds lighter version of Darnell Mooney. So if if you kind of want like a deeper threat in this offense, go for it. But I I just don't see him hitting uh, in year one. But you know, these four receivers, any one of them could be the number one target. So they're so cheap that you're going to want to take flyers on all four. But I think the guy I'm going to have most exposure to is Nico Collins.
1: Yeah. For me, you know, I I think in full PPR, I, you know, at 85, I don't actually don't mind Robert Woods, even though I do think he's in like the decline phase just because, yes. of, you know, they gave him 10 mil guaranteed. And again, I think they they're aiming to be a little more competitive this year. And like you said, Stroud is more of a pocket passer. So is Mills. They got a, you know, new kind of new leadership. So, um, you know, could be a lead, you know, kind of a, the path, they might not be super run heavy. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think there's something there, like you said, with each of them, but um, I'd probably wean woods if you're in like a, a a redraft. So you could just drop him like wait if like you said later in the season some younger guys emerge. And then yeah, in best uh, it'd still be Nico uh for me. Although I don't mind taking a flyer on Mechi because you know he can run his routes, he could emerge as that. Like you said, there's when anytime there's no clear number one, the unknown guy is always also pretty um enticing. So a guy like yeah. Mechie, you know, could come in there and just be, you know, nasty and 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 yeah. one, So <laughs> yep. Um, definitely a situation to monitor, you know, if we're hearing good things about, about Mechie and camp and that he's kind of getting the most targets and, and things like that. I think that's, that's a nice flyer to take. Um, But, you know, in redraft, I think Woods will start the year as a number one. So I, I don't mind him, especially in a PPR. He's not going to give me any touchdowns.
0: Um, we know oh, that. in redraft. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's hard to really see him being a wide receiver three, but I think as ADP you, you can make a case in best ball. Um, not that he has a high ceiling, but if, if you, have a ton of guys like you take Kadarius, Tony, Gabe Davis, a lot of like high variance guys. It would be nice to have a Robert Woods guy in there at that cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mean, that's, you can make case for him.
1: That's why I like him in redraft. Cause I like, I, I cause I think he's going to, his value is going to decline as the year progresses. So I'd be, I want to oh. be able to drop him, but I do think, I actually do think he'll be kind of like a four catch, you know, 40, 50 yeah, yard if, guy early. If, if you're, not if the you're worst starting
0: thing. Robert Woods, in the first few weeks you have some problems Um, uh, if you're one of the leagues that like i'm in where you start like up to seven receivers yeah he's way more valuable than that so i take your point but uh early in the season hopefully you don't have to be using him yeah. but uh, he does have a high floor for where he's being drafted i'm just
1: saying like a guy like for example a guy like adam thielen is going like like wide receiver like 50 something
0: so it's like oh true yeah. you know
1: what i mean it's like both of them got a lot of money to come in on weak passing games and be the number we yeah. start the years at number one for a, a rookie quarterback. I'm just I just think there's some value there, you know, compared to that's that's NBA. a great
0: cop. Like if you're taking feeling at 55, why not just wait and get Robert Woods, 30 slots later, right? Yeah,
1: um, but yeah, Schultz is kind of like yeah, it's he just like, I, I'd rather get a guy like Okonkwo, but Schultz has a you know because of this offense, like it, it's a wide range of outcomes. Like he could be targeted. A decent amount but he could also not be you know like if his yeah. wide receivers hit so not I'd rather take Oconqua. I think Oconco has upside whereas Schultz is kind of like he's probably being drafted closer to his ceiling than his than his floor. Oh
0: I I agree completely. And uh you know he was a stud for Dallas. There's no denying that but he's not like the most athletic or talented tight end. Uh yes. he he took advantage of being in a good scheme. He had great chemistry with Dak. Uh so there's a chance he could struggle on the new team, we see this happen yes. time and time with tight ends where, um, you know, just, they, they go to a new scheme and they don't fit in. Uh, so there's certainly a chance. I mean, he might be the favorite to be the number one target, but he does have a lower floor than people realize. So yeah, I much rather have a guy like a uh instead of Schultz. I, I think Schultz, you know, he has a scary floor just because we don't know how he's going to do another scheme. And like I said, he can't really bank on talent alone. He really does have to be, an integral part of the scheme uh in order to hit here
1: what about the backfield you got pierce at 20 uh rb20 and uh devin singletary signed a one-year deal about two and a half mil guaranteed Uh, he's the rb47
0: yeah i think you know pierce he had a a shit ton of hype heading into the season uh his rookie season rightfully so he's very talented but he had like no competition his competition was rex burkhead and dare um like (laughs) No competition. So he was RB 16 before he went down uh, in week 14. So that, that might be his ceiling if we're being honest, but um, Singletary isn't a threat to his starting role, obviously, but he should eat into his touches more than Burkhead last year. So uh, I think RB 19 seems fair, but this is just one of those things where Joe Mixon's going one slot ahead. So if Joe Mixon's still there, I want him. Um, and, And if he's off the board, I'd consider Pierce. But RB nineteen seems fair with uh, Singletary there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not down on Pierce right. I I still like the talent. Yeah, he was 12th out of 60 running backs in yards uh, after contact per carry uh, according to PFF. 3.3. So that's about 80th percentile. That was I I always like to see that. And uh, like I said, I think the Texans will be a little better than people think. So I don't think the game scripts will necessarily. You know, I know he's a kind of more of a two down back. You would consider him. I don't think the game scripts will be as bad as people think, but yeah, I'm still taking like guy like Mixon over him, Aaron Jones over him, Miles Sanders over him. Um, but yeah, the price is fine. Um, I'm actually finding though, that you can find some value waiting on RB two. Like I think you want one early. Um, yeah. But I yeah. think you can find some value waiting in kind of, you know, the the middle rounds, like usually the, like, I think you mentioned it kind of like RB 20, RB 30, not, not as much difference. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And in Singletary, yeah fair price for him don't really know what they have planned for him but um yeah I, I think pierce is clearly more talented so i don't think there's like he's just gonna like upside for him to be the number one guy uh barring injury
0: yeah i think you know single is interesting because um I, I don't think you know he's good enough or will we'll be able to take away enough touches to offer rb3 flex kind of value as long as Pierce is healthy, but he could command those leader touches that you gave to Jamal Williams. Last year. <laughs> like he's called motor for a reason. He's always hustling, you know, the two down offense, some guys on the ground, he'll go run over and pick him up. Like he could find, uh, you know, the two minute offense, things like that yeah, yeah. To, to take away. But um, he, he would need Pierce to miss time um, to, uh, you know, offer value. So I think RB 48 is fair, but they're just, he seems more likely than some of the other guys in this range to potentially carve out an RB3 flex roll without the starter going down. Um, but I, I think this is a fair range. And like I said, I'm not too worried about him when it comes to Pierce, but he has way better competition than Rex Burkhead was last year, that's for sure.
1: Hey, I mean, remember Rex Burkhead coming into the year though, he was coming off that monster stretch, you know. <laughs> uh, crushing uh, over three yeah. and a half
0: yards at the end of <laughs> 2021 or whatever. What we were yeah. Doing, yeah, so um uh, but
1: Those neither the days. Uh, but no, I like I'm I'm willing to, I'm willing to bet on Pierce. Um, you know, just his talent. I like I, like, I do like yeah. Pierce. Um, but yeah, who do you like? Sweepers, undervalued guys, Texans.
0: I would say Nico Collins. Just just where he's going, potentially being the number one wide receiver outside the top sixty. Uh, I still think he's very talented. Um, and year three could be finally, fingers crossed, be the year for him. Uh,
1: I'll go with uh a Woods and uh, redraft and. Uh... I like I like the unknown with Mechie too, because I do think he has some yeah. outrunning tap. So like uh I, I I I like Nico too, but you know, I think just right now for me it's just that like the unknown with Mechie going like you know a couple few rounds later and then Woods as well. I'm um, getting a 10 mil. Um I like the value a little better. So those are my guys. And uh yeah, that's going to oh bus. Yeah, bus. bus.
0: Yeah. I would I would have to go with Schultz. I'm only one rank away from him. I think that's Closer to his ceiling, and like I just said, his floor might be lower than we think. Um, so have all the, I think the Texans are a pretty cheap team to invest in, mm-hmm, but Schultz is probably the one guy I think is probably a little overvalued.
1: Yeah, I just yeah, like the 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 median is probably right, tight end eleven ish. Yeah, <laughs> but I think more there's more floor than ceiling for him because this is not like uh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. So, exactly. Uh, that is gonna wrap it for our AFC South podcast here on the fantasy flex uh if you want to hear us talking nfc south that episode will drop friday our afc and nfc east and north episodes uh have already released right here on the fantasy flex feed and uh, stay tuned next week we will drop our afc and nfc west uh preview episodes you can find sean on twitter at the underscore oddsmaker and me at chris raybon and we're at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app until next time let's get this money